0: Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Chamberlain. How are you doing, Matt? It's our Christmas edition podcast. Yeah, it is. Merry Christmas, I guess. Happy holidays. (laughs) (laughs) Matt's going with the uh, more traditional... Greeting. Got to be inclusive here. Ryan. That's that's right. You're right. I, I am wrong on that. Um, before we get too far into it, follow us on Twitter at NBA and Pod, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Sound, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you're not already there, uh, please rate us, review us, um, tell us what you think of the podcast. We would really appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's Christmas. Like we're. This, I think this is a fun Christmas-themed podcast we got going on today. Yeah, I we'll, think so. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, but we're already to episode 11. Yikes. Which is crazy. And some housekeeping stuff before we get into the recap and NBA news and our big topic. Um, this is probably our last podcast of the year um, until maybe like the first... January first, second, around that area, because Matt and I are both taking vacations next week on Christmas. Who knew? Holidays. That's what I. That's what I want to do. That's all I really want. To do. <laughs> this year, a break. It's a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair, and it's gonna be nice. We can watch. Um, I guess I'll be driving, so I can't watch too many NBA games, which is unfortunate. But that is sad. I mean, yeah. that's the one th- good thing about Christmas coming around is NBA dominates. Christmas. That's what it does. We were talking about, like, I wish the NBA would challenge Thanksgiving a little more. Oh, my God. I'd Hopefully. kill for that. I'd kill for that. All right. Uh, the quick recap of episode 10. We talked about Bulls dysfunction, which that has seeped over into this week. Um, who knew dysfunction doesn't just fix itself uh, week by week? Um We talked about the George uh, Hill-Matthew Delvadova trade. Matthew is already diving into the press box (laughs) in Cleveland. It's so good. Uh, He's doing Matthew Delvadova things. Uh, Good for him. Good for him. Our main topic, though, is uh, what last week was um, teams we haven't really talked about so far in the season. One of which is the Suns. And I think I I said that we probably would never talk about them on the podcast. LOL. <laughs> and then this this past week happened. It was like a an uh, what is it? Announce announcer jinxing. Yeah. Like oh, those kickers like twelve for twelve, and then he shanks the kick. Uh, that was me with the signs. <laughs> um, Matt's game of the week was the Rockets and Grizzlies. Matt predicted the Grizzlies would win 103 to the Rockets 100. The Rockets ended up winning that game, actually, 105 to 97. Um, I was close on that score. You were really close. Uh, and that was kind of like our prediction of, like, if they lose this game, this might be the Rockets' breaking point. Um yeah. They they still haven't found Cole that. They they've limped their way into some wins, which is something else. But my game of the week was the Nuggets Thunder. I predicted the Nuggets would win one hundred and nine to the Thunder ninety eight. The Nuggets actually won. Uh, no that. no yep yep. I was like I got to, <laughs> I got to our notes. And, uh-huh. uh, on the on that and uh i totally flipped that i predicted the nuggets would win 118 to the thunder 103 uh the nuggets actually won 109 to the thunder night uh, is that right yeah, yeah i did that right that's it thunder 98 um Podcasts are hard, Matt. And they are. Speaking – Swinging is hard. Let me stop speaking and let let you do the NBA news. (laughs) So, the news, like you alluded to, the Suns are a large part of this, unfortunately. Um, So, trade – Again, weekly trade. We asked for it. It's happening. The NBA is gifting us that in this Christmas season. So far, um, what we have is one of the stupidest trades or handling of trades that I can remember over the last few This is an all time NBA moment. Like, it's just really funny. So, the trade that actually happened was the Phoenix Suns sent forward Trevor Ariza to the Washington Wizards in exchange the Phoenix Suns received back Kelly Oubre in theory a nice young wing along with Austin Rivers an experienced guard that I would think you would want to maybe pair next to Devin Booker because I don't know it's, hey, like it's to help his development it's it's like you know they don't really have a point guard right now and it's like okay yeah you went and traded for Austin point Rivers guard. is at least kind of a point guard yeah and then the sons were like, "Nah," and they <laughs> waived Austin Rivers. So you took on twelve million dollars in Austin Rivers, and unless he gets claimed by some other team off of waivers, you just you're eating twelve million dollars, and you're getting Kelly Oubre. That's you know, all you got back for Trevor. Reeves. You know who smiled the most? Who Doc Rivers? I, that. <laughs> this, you know, he's getting signed by the Clippers. Uh, probably, I mean, I guess I it was rumored it's being rumored Memphis is a contender, but that's not a guarantee by any means because Memphis wanted to hop right back into this action and perfect segue in the alleged deal that was going to happen, it involved a three team trade, Washington Phoenix and Memphis. Now, Memphis wasn't supposed to receive Austin Rivers, though, so now I'm just very confused as to why they're the team rumored to be most interested in him, because in the proposed trade, Memphis was going to receive Kelly Oubre, Phoenix was going to receive Austin Rivers, as well as Wayne Selden and Marshawn slash Dylan Brooks, and... uh, Washington was getting a I'm, I'm very confused by all of this. I was very confused at the time. One, the Brooks thing. If you haven't heard about it, <laughs> this is the best thing this Memphis week. <laughs> Memphis thought the deal was them sending out Marshawn Brooks, who was drafted in like 2011. He's like a shooting guard out of Providence. He can put the ball in the bucket. He's been overseas the last couple of years. They thought it was a home run deal. (laughs) Phoenix thought they were getting Dylan Brooks, second year wing out of the university of Oregon, good defender, decent at putting the ball in the basket, especially for a bad team. And Memphis lost their crap whenever it was reported Dylan Brooks. And then Phoenix lost their crap when it was reported Marshawn Brooks. The crazy part is this was happening during a Memphis basketball game. And the reporters are like, these guys are playing right now. And people are starting to like say around the arena, hey, you're not on the team anymore. (laughs) That's priceless. The players are like, what's going on? The GMs are like, what's going on? Woj is even confused about what's going on. Because when you put three of the most incompetent franchises in the NBA today, in the middle of a three team trade, things don't go well. And this was one of the most botched handlings of a trade, like you said, Ryan, in recent memory. I don't. I've never. Th- like, since following the NBA, like, I can't think of something. Like, it It brings back memories of, like, the CP3 thing going on. Yeah, whenever that got mixed by then Commissioner Stern. Yeah, uh, who was, like, also the GM. Uh, like, what? Acting GM. Acting of GM. The Pellet or the Hornets at the time. Yeah. And uh, he said it was for basketball reasons. I, like, what in the world? Yeah, I. So, like, all the ESPNs and ringers and everyone's have had, like, front office people <laughs> in to talk about this. And, like, no one has really said, like, yeah, this happens. Or, you know, people get confused. Because, you, like, you know. Like, you should know, like, who is right. on the team. When you're or- talking to another GM, like, hey, I want Brooks. Like, you should yeah. probably say, we want Dylan Brooks. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. And part of me... The- that says this is just ridiculous was that Memphis and Phoenix apparently weren't talking to each other. This is all being funneled through Washington. And so then you get Ernie Grunfeld and Chris Vernon, who works for the ringer and he works, um, specifically with the Grizzlies said, who's the idiot? If you give Ernie Grunfeld $500,000 and then he spends it in a terrible, terrible way, who's the idiot, me or Ernie Grunfeld? (laughs) Well, it's, I mean, both. Right. Like you put Ernie Grunfeld in a position to do something stupid. Right. He did something stupid. Like, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, you're an idiot for trusting him to do something intelligent with it's, it's like, investment. It's like when the Thunder are down three and they need a bucket <laughs> off of inbounds. I would bet a million dollars that Russell Westbrook's going to hook a 35-footer. <laughs> like, what do you expect? Yeah. Like, that's going to be it the outcome. It doesn't work out. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. And... The, For some reason, this is how it was going, and everyone just got mad, and the deal died. According to Woj, rest in peace. And so Memphis apparently just got cut out of this deal then, and it was just Washington and Phoenix. Which honestly, like, I don't mind. Like, I don't. Honestly, Memphis was just the winner in this thing, getting Kelly Oubre out of it for two guys who. Really are not playing. Dylan Brooks isn't even playing this year because he's hurt. Right. So, like, they were huge winners. So, I'm okay with cutting them out of the deal. What then confuses me, and I talked to you off air about this obviously, the Suns were like, okay, Austin Rivers is a guy we won because in both versions of the deal, the one that actually happened and the one that did not happen, they were getting Austin Rivers. Okay, you got him. In the original version of the deal, you didn't want Kelly Oubre. You yep. were sending him to Memphis. You have Kelly Oubre now. Reality. And then you cut Austin Rivers, the guy you wanted. You cut him immediately. Do you think Austin Rivers, when he found it, was like, no, I'm not coming? And then he just, like, protested? Yeah. I mean, I could see it. And the Suns were like... Well, crap. This is <laughs> we a didn't. Nightmare. We didn't think this through. <laughs> and so then he just like, I'm not coming. That would be hilarious to me. And like, you're right. Now he's going somewhere where he can actually win. But why didn't you try and trade him, or like just immediately flip him, right? Something like that. Why did you request him in the first version of the deal if he wasn't going to actually be on your team? So you just paid twelve million dollars for a day of Austin Rivers. <laughs> Man, I want that annual contract. Oh my god! I would be god. swimming in the money. Let's. I can't do this. Anymore. Yeah, let's, let's let's move on from the so, suns. Um Well, actually, last quick note: Robert oh. Sarver, the owner, threatened to move the Suns out of Phoenix at a city council meeting. Just really funny. And then um, he like retracted it. A couple and then days. he retracted it. Like, no, I'm not actually going to move them to Vegas or Seattle. Although I wouldn't mind him moving them to Seattle. I feel so. like this this would be the time that that meme that's like uh and then the narrator cut in with the <laughs> <laughs> skip-ahead five days. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the Phoenix Suns are now the uh, La- La- Las Vegas Golden Knights. I wouldn't mind, honestly, because Phoenix, you not doing it for me. <laughs> Other news, Jabari Parker's fallen out of the rotation in Chicago after paying him... $20 million a year for this year, and then a team option next year at $20 million a year. He's fallen out of Jim Boylan's rotation. Not really a surprise there, considering he the, likes defense. Uh, well, that also might be good for Jabari because. So there was. The Thunder played the Bulls last night. We're uh, recording this on a Wednesday. Um, and. Uh, I I was following one of the Thunder reporters for the game because I didn't get to watch a lot of it but he said that Russ had like um, uh, I think he had a mismatch Um, and then it was like right next to the Bulls bench and so Boylan called for a switch for Robin Lopez while Russ was trying to back this guy down with the ball like why would you just leave the ball and then, and, yeah. well, so like Robin Lopez comes over to switch from Steven Adams, Russ drops the ball off to Steven Adams for a wide open dunk, yeah. and then Robin Lopez just stares at Jim Boylan like, this is what you wanted. What do you do? What are you talking about? Yeah, that's not well executed, obviously at all. Not well coached. So maybe Jabari Parker, like this, is a good thing for him. And and also good for him because he's making twenty million a year so without many, having so to be twenty mil. And I'm sure someone will trade for him. I don't know who, but I'm sure someone will. Mentioning the Thunder, Oklahoma City decided to pick up Billy Donovan's option for next year. Which, based off of the success of the last couple of years, I would say it's probably pretty warranted. So, sure. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Sure. Yeah. All right. You're not fired yet. Um, Other quick news: Spencer Dinwiddie got a three-year, thirty-four million dollar extension with the Brooklyn Nets. Good Good for Spencer. Yeah. Good for Spencer. After all the knee injuries and everything, G League. Yeah. Good on him. Last one: Jonas Valanciunas, the Toronto Raptors big man, out with thumb surgery. He's going to be out probably four plus weeks. Still reevaluating about four weeks. See where he's at. So I guess it makes Serge Ibaka the permanent starter for now. Let's get on to the big topic, Matt. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. So this is this, uh, f- um, this is our Christmas wish list. We, so we picked each three teams. Is that mm-hmm. what we landed on? Three teams. Yes. And we did like a mini Christmas wish list. Um, what can, uh, you know, Adam Silver gift to these teams or, you <laughs> know, the basketball gods gift to these teams? That might be more. of uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, this is a Christmas list. You want to go first? Sure, I can. All right. So, first team that came to me, Portland. I haven't talked on them in a couple days. So, my first thing for Portland Trailblazers, currently sitting at 17 and 13, so actually pretty pretty solid near the top in the uh, Western Conference. But, first thing I had down, their interconference schedule needs to pick up. Mm. They've played a pretty tough schedule. They have yet to play. Atlanta, and you get to play Eastern Conference teams twice. So you get to play Atlanta, haven't done that yet. Cleveland, haven't got there yet. Chicago, haven't got them yet. Brooklyn, haven't got them yet. And you've only played the Knicks once. So that's nine games that you should, in theory, sweep from the bottom of the Eastern Conference who's trying to tank. To me, that's, that's nine wins that the Blazers desperately need. And I think what's going to be more important is that those games kick in at the right time, that you can have those as, like, back-to-backs or easier games after playing your grueling Western Conference schedule. Yeah. I mean, they – oh, man. that They have a tough – they've had a tough schedule, and they've kind of slid in the last couple because they were – Really good, but they've slid in the last like week or so. But it seems to happen to every Western Conference team. Yeah, like you have a bad week, and then all of a sudden you're at the bottom of the division. So to kind of work their way back into it, knowing you still have, you know, a pretty an easier schedule ahead, I think that's encouraging. So those games need to hurry up. So time machine, something like that. (laughs) Um, Next one, CJ McCollum hits a growth spurt. so in in case you don't know CJ McCollum out of Lehigh he's listed at 63 190 program program height um to me there's a growth spurt idea from the basketball <laughs> gods, although I'm not sure if I think he's like 27 if 27 year olds can still grow in terms of height um anyway I think this really helped with defense because it's really hard <laughs> to play defense as a shooting guard at 6 three yeah. Program height. Program so height. And then also, if this team does make the playoffs, which, again, I predict they wouldn't, we'll see. His ability to get his own shot. It's not just a catch and shoot from Dame or coming off a, a handoff from Nurkic or something like that. Mm. He can get his own shot on a more consistent basis. I think this extra, I don't know, Let's give him four inches, five inches. <laughs> I think that'd be super helpful. And that's not just like his head getting bigger either. That's yeah, like yeah. The, the full body. The full. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, last wish list item for Portland. You need bench help. Yeah. Like, to me, this is one of the worst benches in the NBA. Dame's <laughs> at 35 minutes a game. CJ's at 34 <laughs> minutes a game. And your bench is basically Seth Curry. Now, if that was Steph, I'd be okay with it. But it's Seth Curry, Sauce Castillo, Nick Stauskas, Jake Lehman, who I guess he's technically the starter, but Evan Turner plays more minutes than him. So Lehman starts the game, but Evan Turner gets more minutes. So whomever you want to put in that situation. Myers Leonard, an overpaid big man who... Doesn't really stretch the floor very well. And Zach Collins, a second year big man who is starting to stretch the floor a little bit, but not very well. This is the widest bench in the league. This is one of the most unathletic benches in the league. This is one of the most uninspiring benches in the league. So, some sort of wish list ideas. They need something dynamic. Dame is dynamic, CJ is pretty dynamic. And then, in theory, for them, it's Nurkic and Evan Turner, but those are not. Yeah. At all. So, you need to go find one of those teams. We just talked about that they need to play. Atlanta, Cleveland, Chicago, Brooklyn, something like that. And just see what you can pick away from them. That would really bolster your bench. Obviously, they don't care about picks anyway, to be yeah. honest. So, why not just throw some of those out there, try and win now, and help this bench out. Because the Western Conference is pretty wide open. Yeah. And it... It's theirs for the taking, uh, kind of outside of Golden State, but outside of anyone anyone else, it's there. Yeah, it's my wish list for Portland. For all the hipsters. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the bench help. Um, While well, you have a CJ Grossbert. It might be the hardest thing to get <laughs> on, on this because they're so cap locked. Like, what oh do my you do? Gosh, I know. What do you do? So, like, you have a guy like Mo Harkless, but he's hurt. You, yeah, you have these bench guys that don't make a lot of money so they're kind of hard to trade just one for one right like you have pretty decent deals it's just your top end guys are getting paid so much and this is the reality a lot of teams are in like what do you do when your top guys are paid just an extraordinary percentage of the cap and you then you have like one bad contract in this case like Evan Turner Myers Leonard isn't a great contract either and then it's just pieces at the minimum yep it's, it's hard to trade yeah, really is, but that would be the wish list in theory. In theory, if Santa could make this happen, <laughs> that'd be really cool, man. If Santa came through on that, that it would be the <clears throat> greatest, greatest thing of all time to happen to. That would make up for not drafting Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> and Durant. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> so my uh, first team, because we talked about them <clears throat> kind of in the news, is uh, the Washington Wizards. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> on their um, wish list, I have a time machine because they need to go back in time <clears throat> and uh, unscrew up everything they did. Um, How it, far back we going? <laughs> <laughs> maybe back to when there were the Washington Bullets. Yeah, maybe. Uh, like, you draft John Wall. It's good. Like, objectively, that's probably yeah. good. I don't remember who else was in that draft, but, like, you take him. Um... Uh, but then also, when you're in the time time machine, you also hire a relationship coach because <laughs> turns out you need one of those. Um, and that's also on their Christmas wish list is a relationship coach because Lord knows, Lord knows what is said behind that locker room. I think uh, were we talking about this last week on the podcast, or did I hear this something about like an ex player of the Wizards? Uh, saying something along the lines of, like, that locker room is awful. I think that was off-air when you were talking about that. But, yeah. Like, and this is also knowing that, like, the Wizards locker room had, like, arenas, like, Gilbert Arenas, and, like, Jafar's Crittenton pulled guns on each other. Yeah. <laughs> and the players are still like, yeah, this is still this is still really, really bad. This is as bad as it's oh, been. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, the time machine is definitely to go back and fix uh some of the mistakes. Like, it- i think zach on uh maybe like three weeks ago went through like all of their like moves to try to get prepare for durant and all this stuff none of them are really all that bad when you look at them individually but mm-hmm. when you collectively put them together it's like god this is yeah this is why you're where you're at um and they pretty much got a time machine anyway because they're bringing back Trevor Ariza. I still, hey. don't, I still don't understand that move for the Wizards. Like, why do you need Trevor? They're trying to win, <sighs> Try to win now. my uh, god. Does someone want to call the GM and break the news to him? Hey Ernie, look, <laughs> this <laughs> is the opposite of what you should be doing. Uh, it's funny because they were rumored to be like considering blowing it up. And they, now they've gone the complete opposite they direction. They still should. They still should blow it up. They should. <laughs> um, I mean, unless like they think what? What's the rule on acquiring a player for a trade? Do you have to wait three months? Is that it? Um, I I'd have to look into it now. Uh maybe like because like the wizard or the rockets and the Lakers want Ariza so bad that they dangle him out there again and just like make them overpay for Trevor Ariza and get some like crazy good ads asset like Brandon Ingram or something like that. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, anyway, they need a time machine. They want a time machine. They want a relationship coach. Um, But thirdly, they need competency. (laughs) (laughs) That's just on their wish list permanently. Because like, I don't know. Like we just talked about, I don't know what's going on. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, is I, uh, Kelly Oubre to Trevor Reza that big of a difference? I mean, in theory, like, it's it's the idea of who's going to settle this team down. Like, if they're just going too fast or if the locker room's heated, it's not going to be Oubre that's going to calm him down to Ariza. But he was clearly helping out Phoenix with this problem. Like, and that's something we've talked about. Like, he, he was just as lazy on defense as Devin Booker or anyone else on that team. Like there's – it's not going to be – <clears throat> the reason he was so good last year is because the Rockets had urgency. They knew mm-hmm. they needed to win that year, and they didn't. <clears throat> yeah. Good for him. He got paid, whatever. But good lord. They need competency like – they need like Danny Ainge to be like, okay, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Um, and then the next day just call up Washington and be like, hey, I'm actually not done but I don't want to go back to Boston. Exactly. I need uh, like a rebuilding job to do. So I want the biggest challenge in the NBA. Yeah. I want your job. I want your job. And the Washington Wizards would be like, okay, that, sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's Washington's – like, I don't have anything else for them because yeah. they're just a dumpster yeah. fire. Quick aside, just because my mind went down, that, that 2010 NBA draft, yeah. John Wall – like, the other highlights, Evan Turner was number two, Derek Fabris was number three, Wesley Johnson was number four, oh God. Boogie Cousins was number five, and then after that, like, you got Hayward at nine, Paul George at ten, you got, like, Eric Bledsoe at 18, Avery Bradley at 19, which I thought the Celtics overdrafted for Avery Bradley, for what it's worth. That, I know you all care about that. <laughs> Kasson, right side in the second round. Um Lance Stevenson in the second round. Like there's it was slim pickens this year. Um Jeremy Lynn was undrafted that year. Yeah, that was not a strong draft. So if you had to re pick for Washington, who would you take? Paul George? I mean probably yeah, knowing now Paul George. But at the time Speaking of like, My Boy I, yeah, Having a month. <laughs> I know. I mean, I feel like yeah, maybe boogie because if he doesn't get injured, yeah. Probably. Anyway, that's just side note. A side today. note. Alright. Get on to get on to your next Christmas uh naughty or nice. So checking it twice. Boston. Mm. So yeah. nice. Marcus. Ooh. Morris and Smart. So Ooh. very nice. So Smart started nine games this year and Marcus Morris has started eleven games this year. Of these at the time of this recording of those last nine games. Smart started them all. Marcus Morris started them. They've won eight of them. It was actually eight in a row. Detroit snapped it, which it was going to get snapped eventually. So no big deal there. But winning eight of nine, the offense looked as good as it had. The defense looked as good as it had. I think that's because Marcus Smart is the best defensive wing in the NBA. Ooh. So what? <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's a hot take to some people. I mean, maybe, but. Don't, I mean, Marcus Smart, it's not just that he can switch one through four. He can guard one through four. Yeah. Since he's like 6'4, 220, and he's not a point guard. I'm kind of tired of ESPN listing him as a point guard. Yeah. He's a, he's a two guard. Yeah. He is a defensive two guard. That's what he is, and that is fine. He doesn't have to be a point guard. He's like a, a better Tony Allen, I guess. Shooting? I was, better shooting Tony Allen. Modern Tony Allen? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit better shooter. And can can also look, flop through one through four, too. Yeah, he can. Um, <laughs> and he handles the ball, too. So, uh, I'm really all in on this double Marcus starting lineup. I know it's not going to be kept forever, but I think it was a really good wake-up call for Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward. That, like, they weren't just going to let those guys just keep running out there and, and throwing up garbage. So, put them in a role, gave them an assignment, said this is what you do. It's not just go play basketball. Really smart move by Brad Stevens. So as long as it's working, to be honest, I want to keep this as long as I can. Yeah. Because why fix what's not broken at this point? And this is the best this team has looked. They've worked their way back up to uh, five games above 500 at this point. Next thing, I want a gift-wrapped Kyrie highlight reel. (laughs) When he is just dancing and just putting other guards on skates, the team is at its best. That's when the Celtics have the most energy. They're the most lively. It's weird. It's like Kyrie highlights and Marcus Smart defense. That's what gets the Celtics fans in the arena going. And I think for Kyrie doing this, it's like proving your reputation, proving like you deserved or you deserve this contract that's upcoming There's a reason you wanted out of Cleveland and you are proving that it was deserved, that the trade was worthwhile. And again, this is this idea. Like the intensity is very real. Like the other players, when Kyrie just drops somebody or just puts the most ridiculous spin moves in the lane, like the team just lights up. You can see the bench get animated. I think like this helps relieve pressure off of Tatum and Hayward and Horford and all the other guys to me. Like when Kyrie is highlight real Kyrie, Mm. That's when this team is just fully going. So, just a quick note here. I think there's this conversation that I get in with some like NBA fans, like in my friends group, um, who like don't consider Kyrie to be all that great. Like I don't know. Like, and I hear great moves uh, here on like podcasts too, where it's like, yeah, Kyrie. It's like. That's Kyrie Irving you're talking about. That's like a top 15, maybe a top 10 player in the NBA. I think that's the idea. He's just, he's viewed as a top 25 player, but he's not like this consensus top 10 guy. And I think part of it is he just, he hasn't had to carry a franchise. Yeah. Like, I love Dame. He's had to carry Portland. That's a good point. And that's why, like, even me, like, I'm viewing Dame as like a top, uh, like a fringe top 10, probably top 15 more likely guy. Because he had a carry Portland or someone like Russ, since KD left especially, carried Oklahoma City. Whereas Kyrie, good, bad, and different, he had LeBron on his team for the last several years. And now he's in Boston with all kinds of talent. Yeah. So... Good. I guess that's I mean I guess that's a good point. He just hasn't had to be the guy putting up literally thirty every night in order just to get his team to the playoffs and be like, Oh wow, Kyrie carried them. No, Kyrie just did Kyrie things and this team won by twenty. Yeah. It's it's not the same. It's a different perspective. That's a good point. Um I was just curious if you had heard that, too. Oh, or, I heard it. And like, it just, felt slighted yeah. by it. Um, also, side note, my favorite thing about seeing a Kyrie Irving highlight is the, like, if you just watch around the garden uh, when they're playing mm-hmm. in Boston, there's always, like, five or six dudes with a beer in their hand who just, like, stand up with, like, one <laughs> hand up and beer still in an hand yeah. and just lose it. It just, I think, like, picture, like... That's Boston, it perfectly. Is. It is. And it's funny, but he oh, anyway. <laughs> intense there. And the last thing I had was health, which mm. I, I think for this team, like the bigger point of that is not just staying healthy, but mm-hmm. it's, you want to, like a true assessment of what this team is when it comes to playoff time. And really the only way to do that is Hayward's at least 80%, 80 90%. If Horford isn't having to deal with this knee soreness or hip soreness or whatever it is, Kyrie's knees are okay. Marcus Smart doesn't bust his head diving into the stands. Break his thumb. Like that. That's kind of the idea I have when I say health. It's because this team needs to honestly evaluate what do they have, what do they need to do moving forward. Is a, a big move, an Anthony Davis-esque move necessary? Or if it doesn't happen, what's the roadmap from there? That's why I put health because I want to know what this team actually is in the biggest moments. When you're playing Kawhi or Giannis in game seven or Embiid in game seven, what happens? Yeah. That's the idea of that. Yeah. That's that's fun. Boston's fun. We haven't talked about them much on not the really. podcast. Not to be like a, a Homer biased Yeah, and, yeah. Homer and just talk about Boston. We might have but to do I, I have a, to. a Homer podcast. In the new year, that's for you sure. You can't see it, but I'm giving Ryan a thumbs up. <laughs> um, so my next team is the Sacramento Kings. Um, and my first <laughs> first w- wish is uh, Swiper Keeps Us Up, which is a great nickname, by the way. Um, De'Aaron Fox. dude is the most improved player this year. I know. My Jared Allen most improved campaign is dead. Like, he, <laughs> he took a knife and just, like, Stabbed that thing. He swiped multiple it. Multiple times. He swiped it. Um, he's currently plus six points. Uh, plus six points better than he was last year. He's plus three assists better than he was last year. And he's shooting 38% from three. That's insane. <laughs> um, That's like superstar level improvement. And so, like, on this, like, the Sacramento Kings just need him to keep doing this and he's a superstar like he yeah Davey Davey Yeager, uh their head coach compared him I think to Russell Westbrook this week (laughs) um and it's kind of kind of a good comparison like I kind of see it like the style he's super fast not he's not as physical as Russ is not many people are but he has the speed and he has like all the abilities and god is he fun to watch Oh, he is just fantastic. Like, I didn't... Like, I don't know. know. Sacramento might have something on their hands here. It's hard to believe in Sacramento. Yeah. But just for this at least 30-game span, I can say, like, oh, I believe in, like, this thing they're building. And it's because of the Aaron Fox. Yeah. Um also on my list is Marvin Bagley. I was looking up his stats. I was like, God, they also missed out on Luka. He's not playing bad. It's not you like... Know. I mean, he's hurt right now. He's out a couple yeah. weeks. But no, he hasn't had a... He's had a rookie year. Right. Which, not a bad rookie, just a rookie year. It's not... I mean, Luka Doncic going nuclear eleven zero yeah, no run. He's not playing like a rookie, though. <laughs> because he's not a rookie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of... Like, if they... Like, I think Jaeger. Also compared I guess Bagley to Kevin Durant, which is not a good comparison, um probably not, <laughs> but they kind of got something like they've got some like for all the number one picks they've had and all the top lottery picks they've had, they kind of got something going here it's starting to come together you you can kind of see it well, and even like if we think of like the Philly rebuild like you, you had some misses. Like, you're going to miss or, like, some guys just aren't going to work out with the other guys you end up drafting, whether that's New Orleans Noel, who's now help, helping out Oklahoma City, or someone like Jaleel Okafor, who's now backup center in New Orleans. Like, sometimes you draft and you miss. Sometimes you, if you're Sacramento, you draft guys like Justin Jackson or something like that and you miss, but sometimes you hit. Yep. And eventually you hope those hits come at the right time with the right players and the right system, with the right coach, and maybe something good happens. Yeah. Um, and I think they have a head coach now. Um, Dave Yeager. They have players. They, it's just – but my last thing on their wish list is that they don't make the playoffs this year. It is going to be best for this team's future if they don't make the playoffs this year. One, because they're going to get bounced as an eight seed against Golden yeah. State in four games. That's not good for Swipa. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, Swiper can't. It doesn't. Well, I, like for mental health reasons, like you don't need Steph Curry pulling up from thirty-five feet on on, on you uh, on national television. That's not good. That you don't get yeah. jerseys sold that way. Um, but also, you can get one more guy, just one more dude. Yeah. Like in the like Donovan. Not even Donovan Mitchell, but Donovan Mitchell went in that range that they would be yeah. theoretically if they missed the playoffs, or they could do a tank job and just say like, "Yeah, let's just be bad again one more year." We hit the over on our Vegas over under odds. Yeah, now we're just tanking. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's I think that's their wish list. Realistically, like Marvin Bagley turns into Kevin Durant, that would be on their wish list. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's, that's even more ludicrous than the Time Machine and the CJ James Colin Grossberg. (laughs) Yeah, uh, about that. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, I like what the Kings are doing. We haven't talked about much about them on the podcast either, but. They're getting hyped in a lot of NBA circles. Yeah, that's true. So. De'Aaron Fox, most improved player. Like, I I don't know. He deserves. I don't know if I can vote, talk about anybody else for most improved player anymore. Pascal Siakam, but. Oh God! Get get that out of here. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. We each have one more team. My final team. Again, this idea like we haven't really talked about it much. Detroit. Mm. So the Pistons. Everyone forgets about them, um, deservedly so. But <laughs> the uh, the Detroit Pistons try to forget, forget <laughs> Reggie Jackson on a daily basis. Oh, so. We're gonna talk about Reggie Jackson. Oh God. Um, Detroit currently in the sixth in the East, like pretty securely. Um, I mean, there's, of course, the top four with Milwaukee, Philly, Toronto, Boston. We've talked about Indiana. They're pretty solidly in it as the five. So then after that, it's kind of just up for grabs. And Detroit, so far this year, has, has done a really fantastic job of taking advantage of that. Dwayne Casey, coach of the year who got fired in Toronto (laughs) it still blows my mind but it worked out for Toronto Um, making something happen in Detroit taking over for Stan Van Gundy Uh, what's most impressed me and the number one thing is Blake continuing to dominate Mm -hmm. that's what I wanted for him to continue to dominate to be the focal point of this offense the first thing that blew my mind when I was looking more into Blake Griffin is he's shooting 37% from three on six attempts per game he, like, he's a legit stretch four, stretch five. If you play him as the center, but like, it's an actual thing. Like, he's taking six a game, which that's more than a lot of guards in this league are taking, and he's hitting them at a slightly above average clip. Now that might regress to average or slightly below average. I don't really care. But, You're like thirty games in now, though. Yeah, that's a big sample size. It is, and at that many per game, like that's a legit percentage. I think it reasonably keeps up, so that's super impressive from Blake. I think that was on everyone's wish list for Blake for the last, like, five years, and it finally came to fruition. Keeping more on the idea of Blake needs to be the guy, He has he's averaging five assists per game. Mm. The turnovers are a touch high, but that's, that's going to happen whenever you have almost no one else on your team. Um, so I, I get it. I'm, I'm cool, though, with the idea of Blake's running your offense. And this last point proves that he has a usage rate of 30% this year. That's a career high for him, which when I think about like Los Angeles Clipper Blake, jumping over cars, mm-hmm. catching lobs from CP3, it's like he was doing a lot. He was one of the two guys carrying that team along with Chris Paul. Now he's being used even more than he was in LA, according to percentages. To me, that says like they're getting him the ball. They're letting him facilitate or score. They're just letting him run this offense more than the point guard situation. And I say situation because it is a situation. Is. And that's my next big wish list point <laughs> is you get a new point guard. I can't do Reggie Jackson. And I he wasn't even on my team <laughs> like in the past. Oh, my God. He's just, Reggie Jackson. I, I don't. You there are nightmares. no words. You still have nightmares about Reggie Jackson. Oh, my God. I still, I get furious every time I talk. I'm going to probably yell at some point during this part. He, oh my God, you're already making me so angry, Matt. Why so, did you do this? So wishless, and this is one of the most important ones on this entire rundown we've done today, is getting a new point guard. Like Reggie Jackson, if you can't tell by the tone, he just isn't doing it for me anymore. <laughs> um, if you couldn't take a hint, here's your hint. Um, he's a career 32% three-point shooter. It really hasn't gotten any better this year. I he's averaging less assists per game than Blake. Like I I don't know what else I have to say. He's twenty eight, I think. And he wanted to start over Russell Westbrook. Like the thing is in Detroit, like you have no competition. Like it's Ish Smith is the other point guard and Jose Calderon. Like Ish Smith, they're better when Ish Smith <laughs> is on the floor. Yeah. So to me, like. You've got to get this figured out. Smith is coming off the books this year. And then Reggie Jackson goes to my next point. His contract expires in the summer of 2020. So you have this year and next oh year. God. So my next big point is competent front office work. This means filling out this team because their bench isn't great. Mm. Means doing well in the draft, which they they really have <laughs> So, I don't know, fixing that. Who is the Duke guy that... Luke Kennard? Yeah, What's he, what is he? Uh, I mean, is he in the G League? He, he comes back and forth between oh the G my League God. and who He was a lottery pick, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like 12 or something. Jesus. Something like that. <laughs> so when he's on the floor, like he's shooting like slightly above average from three-point percentage, but it's not like incredible. And yeah, he just hasn't really developed yet, but he hasn't been playing much. Because they keep him in the G League. I don't know whose fault that is, if that's Luke Kennard's fault, or if that's the team's fault. But either way, it's not helping. They, again, this whole, like, even going back to, like, Stanley Johnson. Like, Stanley Johnson, his contract is up this offseason. So, like, you can't overpay for him because you know what he is. You know he's not really a shooter. He, he plays defense. He's a power forward who plays defense, but you already have Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. So... Quit playing me at the three, out of position. <laughs> if you're going to pay him, pay him like a backup. And if he wants more than that and someone's willing to offer him that, then use your money elsewhere. I think these ideas, like, and maybe getting off Reggie Jackson if you can, because it'll be an expiring deal by the end of this year, along with John Luer, who stole $40 million from them. <laughs> yeah, he's on this team. He's an expiring contract um, next summer. Handling those the right way. Getting off the expirings if you can, managing Stanley Johnson if you can, not overpaying, filling out this team with just better minimum deals, if anything. Yeah, just quit signing Jose Calderon and Zaza Petrulia. Jesus. Like, they weren't going to help. And then draft competently. If that just means like a safe player, not high upside, but just a safe player, do that do something that makes this team better and gives, like, Blake and Andre hope that, like, this team is going in a direction that fits. Whatever it is they want, but fits. Do you think they need to get off Andre Drummond? I don't mind Andre Drummond, honestly. He's at, like, 18 points and 15.5 assists per game. or assists. I was rebounds. like, oh my god! No, uh, <laughs> rebounds per game. But... <clears throat> Thing on Andre Drummond's passing though, like it was actually coming along really, really good. Mm. And then they traded for Blake, and so the ball's out of his hands more. But when they were running Andre Drummond at like the high post and letting him pass like from the elbow at like cutters or guys flaring off screens for three, it was a nice looking offense. Uh-huh. Then they traded for Blake, and things changed and it made sense. It's Blake Griffin, and and he does what we talked about him doing. It's incredible. Yeah. I think. Actually, Andre Drummond's a nice player, and if you figure out how to use him correctly, not a three-point shooter, but kind of like this interior passer, and then just big man who gobbles up rebounds, and lob catcher. Mm. This is a nice player for, honestly, a reasonable deal. If anything, it's the slightly better offensively, slightly less switchy version of Clint Capella. Okay. In the East, where they still like to usually play a big man, Joel like Baca, you kind of need that Horford. Like it's actually kind of nice to have someone like yeah. this on your team. So I actually don't mind Andre Drummond. That's a, that's good. Okay. That's a good point. That's a fair point. So that was my last team. Who is your last team? Uh-huh. All right. My last team here is the Utah jazz. Um, and, As I said, with swipe a (laughs) Spida needs to get out of the sophomore slump. Um, I was looking at their team numbers, and there wasn't like just from numbers. I haven't watched them a ton. There's no one you can really pinpoint and look at and say, like, "Oh man, you're way down from last year." Yeah. Um, The biggest difference, though, I found was his plus-minus is. Plus .6 this year. Last year, it was plus 4.5. So they're basically just neutral with him on the floor. Yeah. Originally. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, star. And, bad. like, I was looking at Rudy Go- Gobert because, like, from what I've seen, it doesn't look good. Like, it hasn't looked good with him on the floor. Like, yeah. Um, but, like, he, he's scoring more this year. Like, mm-hmm. he's rebounding more this year. So, in theory, you should be, like... Taking a step. Yeah, taking a step forward. And they're still, like, around 500. Yeah, and in the West, like, that's not a great place to be. It's maintainable. It's something you can leapfrog from, but it's not a good place to be right. 30 games in. Um, and they kind of did this in the beginning of last year. Like, they were sub 500 and then really turned around and found something. But they had injuries. But they had injuries, and that was the thing. The thing with Utah, unlike Tatum in Boston— is that this guy can... Tatum can really screw up. And... It only kind of matters. It, it It's like... A, okay, well, you have Gordon Hayward. Okay, you have Kyrie Irving, who I think is a top 12 player, probably. Yeah. Um, like, there's no one else on that roster for him to be like, okay, Pretty well... True. Yeah. You have Ricky Rubio. Okay, that's nice. I will like, say kick it out to Joe Ingles. Yeah. And hope I get a spot up three opportunity. Like, Joe is Joe Ingalls the second best player on the scene like what like what it what is Utah? Exactly. Maybe maybe I had just too many expectations for them coming into the season and I think a lot of other people did too but it just feels like they might miss the playoffs and I had them as the 3 seed in the west. Um <laughs> it's a big drop. Or I had them as 2 cuz I said Houston would fall off and fall to the 3. Um I was right about like half of that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know about Utah. I don't know what's going on, but on this Christmas list, wish list, they definitely need to find Donovan Mitchell into the superstar that I think mm. we all could see at la- the yeah. end of last year. And still think he'll get to, but he's not there right, right now. He's not playing like it right now. Right. He's playing like a second-year player, which is fine. But, like, they need him to be better than a But for a team. team who doesn't want a second-year play, right. they want to make the playoffs with a superstar. Right. He's Yeah, it's not that. Um, they also want a rewind button, I think, to go back to the beginning of the summer. I don't think they would re-sign Derek Favors. If they could undo that, I, I bet they would do it at least for a less number, a smaller number. Yeah, because he's guaranteed through 2019 and 2020, <clears throat> and he signed a two-year, $33 million deal. $34 million deal yeah. roughly um, I don't that's a lot of money to be paying someone who you don't think you can pair next to your star center yeah that's saying like they can get off that contract because they have through from the time the season ends until like July 6th to, to waive him and it doesn't cost them that second year salary so like, they can get off of him but it's like it's like the Jabari deal, basically, yeah. in case you're wondering. Like it's like the Jabari deal. But like, yeah, you can't play him next to Rudy Gobert and he doesn't work quite as well with uh Donovan Mitchell because he can't help out in the paint quite as well as Rudy Gobert can when Mitchell gets blown by. <laughs> so like, yeah, he doesn't really work with either of your two stars. So yeah. what is he doing at almost eighteen million dollars a year? I don't know. <laughs> like that's the thing that's most curious to me is like, and I get like there wasn't a lot of free agents this yeah. this summer, not a lot to choose from, so you just say okay, let's run it back and see what happens. Um, so I guess this next season is gonna be the off season, is gonna be a big one for them for them and like Could other be. teams, huh? Could be, but I don't know, like. I, I just don't see, like... It's, again, it's who comes to Salt Lake City. Yeah. Like Who can Utah, like, recruit and say, like, yeah, come play with player X. Like, does Donovan Mitchell really have the ability to recruit guys at this point? Probably not. Probably not. Does Rudy Gobert seem to have, like, that reputation in the NBA as, like, a good recruiter? Like, come play with me? You no. play with me. Probably not. Salt yeah. Lake City? Does anybody want to play in Salt Lake City? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen... Like, they're not on TV that much. Like, national TV that much. Not really. Especially considering that they've been unimpressive. Yeah. Like, they're not going to get put on TV more. I don't know. I don't know. And, like, this team could be in, like, a really awkward spot moving forward. They could be in, like... They could very quickly get into that New Orleans Pelicans territory. (laughs) Yeah. Like, having a player or having a player or two, like, Drew and Anthony Davis. But then you're just kind of stuck. Right. You can't get to that third. And then, like... I think Grayson Allen is in the G League now. Like, yeah, they sent him down. He hasn't been playing well. Alternating, yeah. So, like... Again, draft pick. Draft pick. I forgot who was at the end of the draft, but I don't, like, I don't know if I would have taken... I'll Dante say, DiVincenzo, maybe, I'll I guess. maybe will guess. DiVincenzo was just a couple picks before. But, yeah, like, I think it was, like, the 20th pick. Yeah. Too. Like, if they had some other options at that point in the draft. Like... Players available around the the twenty area. He was twenty one, so like Chandler Hutchinson, who's played decently well for the Chicago Bulls, same position. Aaron Holiday is a good two guard slash point guard for the Pacers now. Like Landry Shamet, yeah, for Philly, yeah, working out. I know he's wouldn't work positionally, but Robert Williams for the Celtics, yeah. working out. Uh, there were some dudes, Javon Carter, Jalen Brunson, Devontae Green. Jalen Brunson playing well for the Mavericks. Yeah. So like, there are still some dudes available around that spot, Anthony Melton, that could honestly be helping you more than what Grayson Allen is now. Yeah. I'm not saying Grayson Allen can't help you, but Grayson Allen was also like a senior. Yeah. already Four-year so, like, player. Not you... saying those are bad. No, they're not. I don't think they necessarily are, but when they're not able to come in and at least give you something right away, that is a touch concerning. Yeah. So it's just like going back to the Washington Wizards I talked about earlier, we talked about earlier, is like, is this just going to be like a death by a thousand cuts? Maybe. Like, it's a really a weird place to be, but maybe. I mean, like, I don't want to write off the Utah Jazz. They have tons of, like, 52 games left to figure this out. And they could. And mm-hmm. um, still end up being the two or three seed because that's how close the West is. But Donovan Mitchell, one, has to get out of whatever slump he's in, whatever issues yes. he he's having, needs to fix that. And I think eventually they're going to have to get off Derek Favors because it's just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I know he's like their guy, but. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And like they went and traded, traded for Kyle Corver, so maybe things get better. I mean, like, it's a tangential move that's like, okay, you're maybe a little bit better. It's like a sign that you want to get better. Yeah. But I don't know if it actually makes you better. Right. So. That's a good point. Okay. Let's move on to the game of the week and then close out the podcast. Matt, what's your game of the week? So I'm throwing this out there with the contingency that... I didn't think about like this would be our last one for the year, so I didn't it like, <laughs> the next week. But I feel like it's actually potentially like an interesting game. So I have the Mavericks and mm. the Warriors. Luca. Um, part of me is like the Warriors are healthy. Yeah. Like Steph is back. Draymond just came back. So like this team is this team is together. This team is relatively is what it's going to be outside of Boogie. But again, who knows there since he isn't estimated to be back till like February so you have the Warriors kind of as they are I hope everyone plays that'd be really fantastic Mavericks this Luka magic that's happening Saturday December 22nd 7.30pm I'm just interested to see how this goes like maybe proves to the Mavericks like you're not quite there or maybe proves like you should go for it yeah I don't know just like an interesting test of what happens the Mavericks already beat them once this year so there you go. That was with Clay Thompson and Kevin yeah. Durant, too. Yeah. I, it wasn't everyone, but those two guys. Yeah. Um, my prediction, though, is Golden State ends up winning 122 to the Mavericks 107. <laughs> the real question is who's getting stepped back on by Luca? By Luca. <laughs> uh, Pardon me, says someone stupid. Like, I don't know or yeah. Quinn Cook. Yeah. But probably of me, like, hopes it's Durant or Draymond. I really... No, I want it to be Draymond. I, I think That's it's gonna, my wish yeah. list. It's Draymond. I think it's going to be Draymond. That would be fantastic. I feel like he's going to foul, foul the crap out of me or something. He would just run through him like a linebacker. Yeah. Be like, nah. You ain't doing <laughs> this isn't... Me. No, this is not... You're not... I'm not getting on your highlight reel. Which I might do the same thing, honestly, if I were in his situation. I wouldn't blame him. Um... Okay, my game of the week is the 76ers at Celtics on Christmas Day. This was uh, opening night game. 4.30 mm-hmm. um, p.m. I got the Celtics winning. Yeah. 107 to 76ers, 98. Um, I, I don't know. I, like mm-hmm. Whatever reason, Joel Embiid struggles against Celtics. And Ben Simmons also struggles against the Celtics. When two of th- yeah. your three best players struggle against yeah. one team. Equals not not a good thing. Not good things. that will be a really good matchup. Thanks. that's a good Christmas Day matchup. It turned better when the 76ers got uh, Jimmy buckets. Yeah, I'll say a lot of lot of depth for the Celtics may be able to like weather that storm, that like multiple tier of storm. But Joel Embiid's been like super hot, so MVP level. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll. That'll. I obviously hope the Celtics win. I I agree with your prediction, but. Man, that'll be a good game. It's going to be fun. It's Christmas good, gift. A good Christmas gift. Thank you, Adam Silver. Um, that's all we got for you this year on the NBA Couch GM Podcast. We will be back next year around January 1st or 2nd. Man, this has been fun, Matt. I'm glad all we're right. doing this. This is good. This is good. We're getting better. Basketball is good. Basketball is good. NBA is better. All right, we'll see you back next year. Have a fantastic holiday, and uh, we wish you a happy holidays and Merry Christmas and all that jazz. I'm going to stop talking now because I have a movie to go to. (laughs) See you guys later.